You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sestrin Securities. David, you know what happened on Friday night? Well, you do know what happened because you watch yeah. markets and read a lot. Everything was bowling along nicely, and I was ah, chatting away ah. to Nick Kunzer on the five o'clock shadow and um, looked at the markets. And then suddenly, an hour later, I looked at them again, and the S&P was down 1%. The Dow was down yeah. 1%. It was because yeah. Russia literally took its foot off the gas. Yeah. They've stopped all exports of gas via Nord Stream 1. Yeah. And people don't quite realise in the short term how impactful this is. Well, the, the, the market did, but it sort of shrugged it off. The DAX hasn't. Yeah. But you know what I mean? This is, this is incredibly impactful. Now, I think, I think we just... This is going to plague us for the next couple of months. I don't think there's anything that we can do. There, there are three areas that concern us, Europe, China, and we, we're not even discounting uh, the UK. But, I mean, it's call it Europe, UK, if you want to link them together, mm. the US and, and China. And all of them are very, very difficult to read. I think Europe is probably the weakest because of the gas prices and how this could impact on on living and uh, on consumers, uh, consumer pockets. I mean, the prices are just extraordinary. There's going to be demands now for governments to come to the assistance of those who can't pay for gas or electricity or food, hmm. um, which in a way is is uh, means that you're going to have to raise taxes or or even weaken the economy. So it's coming out very messy. And 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 again, you know, no one's quite sure how to play it. Yes, they're going to raise rates, but they're raising rates at a time that the economy is kind of, I wouldn't say teetering, but is under a severe pressure. And then you've got China, where the same kind of thing. And and America's probably out of all the areas the strongest. Um, you know, the the one that can survive or do better. That doesn't mean it's not going to 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 slow down. But um, I think it's in a better position than the others. So, Lindsay, we as investors are facing this, this uh, you know, we're fighting on three fronts. And, I mean, if you want to include South Africa, we can call it a fourth front. Yes. Where, you know, you know where, okay, it's a much smaller market, but, I mean, it is going to be hurt by, by you know, by, by all the going-ons. It can't, uh, you know, it, it can't eliminate itself from, from what's happening. It can't extract itself. So we will be hurt, whether it's commodity prices or, or whatever comes through here. So you can see it in the RAND of 17. Well, it's a bit better today, 1720, 1725. But I mean, from an investment point, it's so difficult to, to position yourself. And uh, we're not getting guidance from the Fed. We're not getting guidance from anybody. I think, Lindsay, they're all playing with the levers. You know, they're all kind of maneuvering levers, hoping that, that the chuk-chuk train gets back on the rails. But, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that has a clear idea or, or confident standing of where we are and what to do. So, you know, against that, it's, 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 it's very hard to, you know, to, to do anything or position yourself. You know, we, can, we understand where we are and we've just got to get through it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's ugly. It, it it is, and all you know is that you don't know. All I knew, I, mm. I thought that mm. we were going to go into a long weekend. Is it Labor Day today in the United States? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. it would be a long Labor Day weekend. People wouldn't care; they would just go home. The market would drift. But no, suddenly yeah. someone said, "No, we don't like this," and away it goes. And I don't think you can mm. overestimate the impact of it because <laughs> Germany immediately yeah. it happened. 
And in fact, it was probably a day or two before because um, there was a, a cap on the price paid for for Russian mm -hmm. oil, which is which is a sort of a limp-wristed response to what what Russia has done to Ukraine. But as soon as that happened, Mr. Putin was told, and he said, "Okay, turn it off. Anyone that is going to cap the price of our oil, I'm turning it off, and I'll I'll sell it to India." And I have to say. You know, the Indian economy is, is doing very well, but it doesn't have many uh, scruples, I don't think. <laughs> Mr. Modi is just <laughs> saying, okay, uh, okay, Vlad, I'll buy it at $65 a barrel, even well, though it's 95 I, I, on the yeah. open market. I, th I think it's most, I'm going to put, a, you know, I'm going to put India into that emerging category. Oh, yes. Uh, that, you know, they don't really care. No. I think Africa doesn't care. I'm not sure about, uh, South America is too far away you know, to, to be included. But, I mean, you've, got, you've, you've still got some of those nations. I don't want to call them rogue nations, but marginal nations. So you're still around the world. You've still got a lot of people there who, who don't really have any kind of moral values or war, you know, anything. They're just going to say, where can we get the cheapest oil? Who are we dealing with? Well, do we really care? Do our people really care? No, they don't care. You know, let's buy it. So, I mean, that's... That's what the West faces. So it's it's you're you're in that situation, and uh, that's where Vladimir sells his oil or sells his gas mm -hmm. or does it. They're not rich nations, you know. They're certainly not rich, but um, you know, who, where 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 do you think South Africa stands? You know, <laughs> what do you think that that Mr. Ramaphosa is going to do when Mr. Biden, you know, calls him across to America to talk about uh, this nuclear? Power Act or whatever it is, the the uh, re-signing of the uh, Nuclear Proliferation Act. You know, don't do it. I don't know. I know South Africa is a nuclear it's, it's power. It's part of G20, student. isn't it? Is, is South Africa still part of G20? I think it is, isn't it? Well, it is. But, I mean, why are we there? I don't know. I think we represent Africa maybe with whoever else is there. Um, I don't think I don't think we're uh, – I think we, we probably punch above our weight in hmm. terms of many things. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what Cyril's going to say to Mr. Biden. Um, you know, they, the politics as such, they, sw they swap business cards, but I don't think anything really happens. So Biden will threaten South Africa, through, you know, with what? <laughs> do, do we really I care? I think what he'll say to him is, is, I mean, is why I haven't you criticised? Yeah. No, one thing that I, I think mm. uh, Biden, if, nah. he, if, he's, if he's awake, one thing he could say is, why have you not publicly criticised Russia? Why did you phone Mr. Putin after he invaded uh, Ukraine? Why? And Mr. Ramaphosa will say, because well, they were loyal to us uh, during apartheid years. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, loyal well, to, to, to the that's, that's to exactly the ANC. The answer. And they also know that, I mean, there are probably relationships that we don't know that go back to those days. Yes. I also think that South Africa... The last thing it wants to do is, is side with the West in any way. And from that point of view, it just won't do it. You know, it's just part of its DNA. You know, it, it, the last thing it wants to do, even if, even if we're wrong, even if, even if it's wrong, it will not uh, side with it. So um, what's the consequences? I don't know. You know, <laughs> we're, we're one of those nations where when uh, – I know you talk about grey listing and that, but we're sliding down all these scales. <laughs> we continue to slide down. When Lindsay, when you want to open a bank account in a foreign nation, you know, uh, for clients and that, uh, we're already on that grey list. They give us an incredible runaround, and it takes months and weeks of proving 
that we're not friends of the Gupta or we're not connected with government or anything like that to open an account. And that's going to just become more difficult. The same thing with us traveling. You know, they scrutinize anybody. I was going to ask you that, yeah, because you're Mm. a regular traveler, Mm. Australia, New Mm. York, Mm. wherever, and you're going to New Mm. York again quite soon, I think, Mm. even though I disapprove of it, given your, you know, fragile state (laughs) at the moment, but that's your business. (laughs) I do. But um, so when you get there, do they have a look at you and say, okay, what are you doing here? Is that what they do? No, sometimes they do, you know, because you're from Africa. They don't differentiate uh, who you are. It's a South African passport. Mm. And it does make things difficult. But I think that, that uh, opening bank accounts or anything, they will, there's certain, you know, I mean, part, a lot of my business is opening, um, doing offshore investments. And uh, we cannot take on clients from any of the neighboring states, certainly not Zimbabwe or Botswana or Lesotho or, or what's it, Swaziland, whatever its new name is in that. We just cannot open an account for anybody that has is resident there. So even when it comes to South Africa, they scrutinize every, you know, if, if you inherited the money, how did you inherit it? Where did your dad, you know, if it's from your father, where did he make it? How did he make it? And proof and just carrying on uh, interrogating, yeah, just interrogating the source of those funds to make sure that they didn't come from an illegal nature or, or legal path. So we already, I know there's gray listing and we're doing it at a very low level, but I suppose if you're in business, it's just going to make things a lot more difficult, you know, to do these kind of trades. All right. So we're there. Okay. We're, you know, that's, that's the reality. I'm not, uh, you know, that's, 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 we, we're used to it. What we do worry about is that sometimes, you know, whether something is withdrawn, you know, and you can't travel, or you can't, you won't be able to do that. That is a that's a big concern. David, uh, today on the JSC, it's a pretty routine, a pretty routine when it comes to mm. uh, corporate announcements. Impala bought some more Royal Bafokeng mm. shares. Trellidor came out with numbers. Bidvest came out with its annual results. Yeah. LCL Foods that was a nice surprise to the upside, certainly yeah. up up eight point six percent. Because it's a commodity, you don't look at that sort of thing. But obviously, you read about but, it. So we look at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, that it's it swings, and I think all these businesses. But this, but this looks good. You know, I think just going back to Brian Joffe, mm. and you know, going back the thirty odd years. Where was it? Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. So um, that's that's what a thirty-four years, over thirty years that he's that that the company started. Mm. I think. His whole business model was distribution, you know, and not accumulating assets, not manufacturing where you had to lay down huge amounts of money and run factories. It was all services and distribution. And that served this company very, very well. You know, if you look today, it's, it's on the freight side. You know, freight side is freight is a service. It's logistics. You know, you build storage facilities and, and, and I think the benefits of his foresight is coming through. You know, it's coming through now. I mean, they've maintained that. They've stayed along those those lines. I know they did build a distributorship. They bought McCarthy, but that was a distributorship. You know, there's no there's no big money involved in 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 doing that. You know, uh, car hire and so on. And uh, it's you know it's a very solid result. And it's the one thing that 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 continues to happen. We still continue to trade. So, you know, a, a good number, a very, very good number. Yeah, it was. And which one do you prefer, Bidvest or Bidcorp? Um, 
look, Bitcorp because it's international. Yeah. And it's international food distribution, which is the quite you know, when I think about it now, I think the if if Bitcorp had a similar kind of companies, it would probably be better business than that. But uh, you know, so unfortunately Bitvest is confined to South Africa. I know it's doing a few deals on the on the uh, hygiene side, you know, overseas and it's starting to expand and it's and it's looking for acquisitions. Um, I think Bitcoin probably because you know it's got a much wider reach globally, but um, they both they both solid businesses. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Mm. Uh, the legacy of Mr. Joffe lingers on, even though long for life is not yeah. longer for life. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that was just probably boredom. You know, wanted to do something. I don't think yeah, I I, I'm it. not sure his heart was always in it. You know, and and also he circumstances acted against him because Brian would he would use paper to build critical mass, and he couldn't. His paper was trading at a discount, and that took him out the game. You know that uh, small company trading at a discount can't do anything. But you know that that's unfortunate. So I think uh, just became too difficult. Yeah, he he did but get bored actually because I remember he fun. brought out mm. um, he brought out a photography book. Yeah. A, a book of photographs, which I have to say, you could have taken with a really older iPhone. They were they were they were very nice pictures of uh, no. hyenas and uh, giraffes and things like that, but they weren't mm. particularly impressive. Uh, but but he just thought, oh, I'm going to do something. I'll put that on my CV. Here's my book. I'll give it to I'll give it to the family for for Christmas. Um, David, where else are we now? What have we got to, to look forward to? It's um, it's Labor Day in the United States today, so there's no real trade. JSC sort of drift, uh-huh. drifting along. I spoke to uh, Venkat uh, last week, and I have to say, if you do get a chance, of, if you're battling to fall asleep tonight, have a listen to my podcast with Venkat. He goes oh, through, you. yeah, he goes through in really great detail the supply demand situation of commodity prices, which is so terribly important for the mm. RAND and for the South African economy, no matter what, no matter what people say. So have a listen to that. Uh, commodity prices, mm. I still get the feeling they're, 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 they're still bubbling under a mm. bit. I mean, OPEC are meeting, I think, yeah. today and tomorrow. So, they're not, you know, you know the oil prices are, I mean, oil, well, the oil, you know, you never know. I mean, it's, it's so manipulated and so exactly. contrived. I mean, at the moment, it's very difficult to read it. But, I mean, demand is falling. If the Chinese come on, yes, demand will pick up. The price can go up. Um, but other prices just seem to be giving away iron ore now below below 195. 98, actually. I've got uh, on my screen. Is it yeah. 98? Okay. Yeah, it's down a percent so, uh, this morning in, in China. But, but generally, yeah. yeah. You always look at the COB, what's it, CBOE? CRB uh, index, index yeah, yeah. CRB, you know, and you can see where commodities are going. You know, they're, they, they're falling over, it's difficult. But on, on the side of the producers, he has a rand at 17.20 that two weeks ago was 16.20. Mm. So, you know, there's been quite a – the dollar remains very strong. I'm looking at the pound now. There's, I don't know whether there has been a reaction to Liz Truss, but it's 1.15. I mean that's that's crazy, hey. Yeah, it's and, it's, it's, uh, it's pre it's, it's below where it was mm, when Brexit uh, f- mm, first shocked mm, traders. And in fact, mm, uh, later on, I'm, I'm, um, in the next couple of days, I'm speaking to a chap who's um, I, at a 91 called Flip Saunders, is a currency expert, and I'm going to my my question to him is going to be. 
How, how important is currency to a, a large asset manager like um, like 91 or, or Sasfin or whatever? Do you, do you have a look at it? Maybe you don't, David. You're just a, a bottom-down, top-up uh, equity <laughs> man. Uh, you look at the balance sheet, you look at the income statements, you look at the results, yeah. and that's what you do. But when, you, when you're a massive... 2.8 trillion rand company, then you have to look at these these various yeah. uh, currency movements. And that'll be interesting because the dollar yeah. is at a 20-year high, for goodness sake. I know, I know, I know. Tell me about it. I'm going to America. And, and, and you know, I know that we brush it aside, but it does make a big difference. You know, when you are there, you do feel it. You feel it in a, yeah. in, in, in a lot harder way. Lindsay, there was one thing. I, there's a story that caught my eye over the weekend and I just wish I had it in front of you because kind of the numbers have just drifted out of my head. Okay. It was about, an, uh, uh, it was, uh, I call it a row of houses or apartments. You know how they are because I think you know Regent's Park well. Yes. And some of the apartments that overlook that area. And there was a, it was an 1850s building or somewhere around there that was bought for 185 million Good pounds news. or something there about. And the whole story was that it had been sold at a considerably lower level, simply because I think the people who originally bought it, and it seemed to be, it, it seemed to be Zenprop, which I know Zenprop from South Africa. So, I, I, you know, I might be jumping to conclusions and not giving the right facts. But what happened is that they, you know, I, th I think the, the, the building was sold to a to an Indian, uh, I think you know Indian family or an Indian developer, whatever it is, um, and and one of the issues is that because and we're going you know because the Russians are not coming and buying, they've been the big buyers, yes. and also the Asians have been very very big buyers who've been absent from you know from the property market. I mean, uh, the cost of renovating this, which they hope to do, and then on sell. You know, just kind of failed or flopped, but I mean, it was a it was a story which which really signified or portrayed you know what's happening perhaps the top end of the market there and in you know in a country like Britain which relied heavily on on foreigners coming in and keeping the economy going. I'm talking the you know mainly the Russians and Asians and other travellers who came in. You know, Britain has always been, or certainly London has always been uh, that kind of city. Where uh, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the Brits that were buying. It was a lot of foreigners coming out wanting to live in London. But it was, it, it, it was in the FT. But I mean, the numbers. Yeah, know, that's and, that's and, not and an apartment. Down. That that's mm. a, that's a proper house. I mean, that's probably a five-story house it's, with, it, with twelve no, bedrooms it goes, or something. No, it extends. Yeah, it extends right. I mean, they showed a picture of it. It's uh, it extended over a large area. I mean, it was a huge number of different apartments in this building. But, yeah, Regent's Park has always been, the, yeah. the, you know, the, the ultimate. You can talk about uh, Kensington Palace Gardens and, um, you know, yeah. Chelsea and all those places. But you go to Regent's Park. I mean, I'm just looking at it now. I just put in Regent's Park, uh, two-bedroom apartment, £8.25 million, pounds, <laughs> yeah. which sure. is quite a lot, isn't it? <laughs> That's a lot, <laughs> and it says it's got uh, it's got views across the park. It says and a parking space. Mm. That's nice. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, this is uh, so. So you know, what struck me was was really um, you know property development there and what's going to happen 
if uh, you know, probably hurt ter- terribly by by what's been happening in Russia and the, and the you know the the absence of uh, of of foreign buyers. Anyway, you read that. What else did you read? I know you love the Economist and the FT. Uh, anything yeah, over there, the weekend? There, was, there wasn't much. You know, it was all politics. Uh, and and nothing much, and it becomes very difficult because you're reading just the same stories, kind of uh, repeating themselves, and it becomes very very much of a drag to because you know you know there's nothing we can do. I can stand on my head and whistle and do things whatever I want to do, as long as the the Fed's in charge and it's not showing its hand, and there's going to be the uncertainty. You know, it's 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 very difficult to lay out fresh money and to to do anything. So we just kind of withdraw, you know, watch from the side, see prices go up and down all over the time, you know, all over the place. And we have to wait for, uh, you know, for the next inflation reading and so on and, 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 and try and get some kind of clarity as to, to where the world's going. But as I said right at the beginning, we're fighting three fronts, eh? Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, you know, and, and, uh, it's hard. We handle other people's pensions. It's not our. It's not our savings. It's our client savings. So you've got to be extra cautionary and extra careful. So yeah, one has to be. And, mm. um, David, uh, let's talk about uh, football a bit now because it's, it's it's a fairly quiet day today. And I honestly thought that Arsenal looked really good last night against uh, Manchester United. Mm. And I, I, I suppose it was a foul uh, that led to the Arsenal goal that was disallowed. I suppose. I mean, in normal days, I mean, when you were playing, that wouldn't have been a yeah. foul. A foul was when no. you broke someone's leg when you played. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you got grass burns, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sort of thing. But um, I mm. thought they were far more skillful and creative. And I thought Manchester United mm. huffed and puffed. And uh, they mm. blew the house down in the end. But uh, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm four wins in a row. I can't see them doing anything more than I, m- maybe top six United. <laughs> Arsenal, I think, will be top four definitely. I yeah, I hope so. I think they're trying, and it's it's a bit of a setback, and they just have to accept it. It's mm. going to happen. You know, I, I was watching the Man City game as well. They should have won six nil, and yes. oh, definitely. Uh, just couldn't. Yeah, I mean the skill level was so much greater than uh, uh, you know. Uh, sorry, Aston Villa, and you know, one goal, one freak goal, breakaway, and that's it. And they couldn't score in the game. And so you accept it. There's nothing you can do. It's going to happen. And I and, and I think I watched Liverpool and Everton just huff and puff and do absolutely nothing as well. So none of the but that was um, I was, I was thinking about that actually, and I go through these fantasies in my head, and I think, imagine that America didn't have uh, didn't have football, hadn't embraced football or soccer. No. Um, imagine you, someone from the Premier League, said, "I think we should have this uh, this um, Premier League uh, channel on your on your network." And and you would say, well, have a look at the Everton Liverpool game, for example. You must see the saves that uh, Jordan Pickford made, and you must oh, see yeah. how oh, skillful yeah. and everything yeah. all this was. Mm. And the guy would say, oh, really? What, what was the score? And he said, it was nil nil. No, and no. the American would <laughs> say, like, I'm jumping the lake, mate. I'm sorry. What is <laughs> no, no, what is that? But it was one of the most entertaining games I saw over the weekend. It, there were it, games it, that were yeah. five two, but the nil nil match was actually probably mm. the most exciting. No, I know. But the point I make is that Liverpool did not look uh, that impressive. You know, no. they weren't outstanding. 
you know, I think they're missing Mane, I think, massively. Yes. Um, Mo Seller's not turning up anymore. No. Or they're reading him. He's not doing anything. He would, he would, to he would fight with Mane almost for, 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 for man yeah. of the match. Yeah. And now mm. the, the, the mm. Sadio Mane mm. factor is mm. gone. He's, mm. he's, he's drifting on his own. You're quite right. Mm. Sadio Mane. Mm. And also, mm. um, what's his name? He's a great Virgil, Virgil van Dijk. He also seems mm. to have lost also, it a bit. Just lost a yard, hey? Yeah, lost that definitely. yard. Just not the same person. You know, just hasn't got that same commitment as well. Uh, so I think there are vulnerabilities there. And uh, I think, so that makes it a very interesting season. You know, there's nobody playing except so I, I agree with you on Man United. I mean, the fans, there's nothing worse than the Man United fans, you know, that, that uh, all, all of a sudden come out. You know, for the first two day, for the first two games, they wanted to sack the family and 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 burn this pitch and everything. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're off to win the league. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Just, all right. Who are they playing? Crystal Palace. They've got quite a tough game. I think uh, playing real, <laughs> even in the Thursday evening. You know, so uh, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. I just I just think that this is very open. You know, this is a very, very open uh, league at the moment. If the teams can maintain it. You know, Leicester worries me. I'm so sad for Brendan Rodgers is unfortunately I, yeah. uh, on, the, on the chopping block, I would imagine. Yeah. Within a couple of weeks, he's yeah. gone. Because we've already yeah. had Scott yeah. Parker from Bournemouth go. Uh, and I think mm. Brendan Rodgers will go as well. And how he's mm. fallen. And it, 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 the, mm. the interesting thing about this is just like markets, David. And I'm going on a bit about football now, but there's nothing on the, on the, on the real markets to talk about. So let's mm. talk about football. Do you remember when Liverpool played Chelsea at home? And all Liverpool had to do, I think, was win their last three games to get their first title. Yeah. And Steven yeah. Gerrard got the ball just inside yeah. his own half and he slipped. And the Chelsea yeah. player ran on and, and Chelsea won the game. Mm. That was the end of mm. Brendan Rodgers. It was almost as though he couldn't mm. cope with the disappointment of that loss. And then he got sacked. Yeah. Then he went to Rangers and he did okay there. Uh, He's going to get sacked from Leicester. I'm sorry. Yeah. But they just look like a no team. They just are out of it. They came back. I was watching. It was, they came back to two all and it just fell apart. You know, just nothing there. There is the, and poor old Tillemans is, you know, he's a superb player. In fact, you know, their second goal, I mean, <laughs> Tillemans tackle, I can't remember on who it was, uh, which led to uh, their second goal was far worse than the Arsenal foul. Yeah. And it was let go. You know, mm. there was no, there was no, it was. There's no consistency at the moment. No, with, no. With VAR. And I thought that they Nothing. were told to allow a little more physicality at the moment, which is, you know, in other words, you can get stuck in. Don't don't keep blowing it up. But anyway, you know, that could have changed the complexity. You mean they go one and up, they're on top, whatever it is, but it's disallowed. It becomes a big disappointment. So, but it is a fun league. It's, 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 it's a fun league. I mean, it's early early not, yeah. early stages at the moment, but it's mm. a really good fun league. Mm. I mean, Nottingham mm. Forest were two 0 up against um, against Bournemouth in at, at, at half time, and Bournemouth had just lost nine nil to Liverpool. So you thought it's going to be four five nil Nottingham Forest, and then Bournemouth come back and win it three two away from home. It was fantastic fun. <laughs> it was super, and also the most important thing of the weekend, apart from Barcelona beating Seville. 3 0 mm. on Saturday night is that Ipswich Town have played 7 1 5, drawn 2, and are top of, um, of League One. So they'll be, oh, uh, they'll be back playing Arsenal in a, in a couple of years' time. Watch out. And then I don't want to see the last time they played Arsenal. I was at the Cup final, they lost. 
I mean, Arsenal lost. Yes, 1 0, Roger Osborne, 78th minute. Yeah. Very proud day yeah, in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> David Shapiro is from Sesame Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.